Ugh, you're trudging up a steep sand dune, one foot in front of the other. Out of breath, exhausted, you've lost too much water, and your body is beginning to shut down. You know you can't go on for much longer. Finally, you reach the top of the dune, and there before you is what you didn't want to see. It's so horrible that it takes seconds to sink in. Stretching to the horizon is a literal sea of endless sand dunes. You're stranded, alone, lost, far from salvation on the planet Arrakis. There's really nothing more breathtaking than the fantastical worlds created in science fiction. From planets of ice to lush luminescent jungles, while this particular planet may only exist in literary and cinematic outer space, Arrakis is not a place you want to take your family to for a picnic. For those of you who haven't seen the 2021 movie Dune, don't worry, I won't spoil it for you. You may not have seen the 1984 version either, or the miniseries from 2000, several computer games, or read the six novels by its original creator, Frank Herbert. And yet, you know that much of the action in Dune takes place on the desert planet of Arrakis. No cute robots there, only harsh temperatures. And somewhere beneath the dunes, giant sandworms. And when I say giant, I mean massive. They can be up to 1,400 feet long, a third longer than the Earth's largest creature, the blue whale. Scientists wanted to know if people could survive on a planet of endless sand dunes. But before I talk about what they did, let's discover a little more about the planet itself. Arrakis is already populated by a people known as the Fremen. They are native to the planet and have adapted to survive its severe desert landscapes. They created a full-body outfit called a still suit. It's designed to preserve the body's natural moisture, such as sweating. It filters the impurities and circulates them back into catch pockets as drinkable water. Probably doesn't taste amazing, but it'll keep you alive. A still suit in good condition can allow the wearer to survive in the searing desert for weeks. If you or I were to be dropped on Arrakis, or indeed, any desert environment, what would happen? It really depends on the temperature. Obviously, the hotter it is, the harsher the impact on your body. The first stage of dehydration is thirst. This occurs after you've lost 2% in body weight you'll already begin to feel unwell. Water makes up 60 to 70% of the human body. In a hot environment, the body can lose up to 0.4 to 0.8 gallons of water per hour. You'll start to sweat less and your body temperature will rise. Your blood will become thicker and harder to maintain oxygen levels. Your heart rate will increase. You'll start to overheat like an old car, making you more tired and less able to function. By the time you've lost 4% of your body weight, fainting will occur. By 7%, organ failure begins. You get the picture. Pity that you didn't have a still suit. Thankfully, the movies don't physically transport us to such a place, so we can sit comfortably eating our popcorn and downing a large drink. I always get thirsty watching movies set in a desert. A group of British climate scientists must be passionate Dune fans because they decided to explore this planet in their spare time for fun. They built an actual 3D digital climate model of Arrakis. First, they collected all the data on Arrakis they could find. They scoured the Dune fandom wiki, as well as the incredible Dune Encyclopedia, a book with thousands of cross-referenced entries that took eight years to compile. What they learned is that the atmosphere of Arrakis is made up of nitrogen and oxygen, enough for human life to exist. A good start. 
The planet's surface is almost entirely dry deserts. Yet there are also mountain ranges that shelter the planet's limited indigenous life forms, such as the Fremen. The giant sandworms that inhabit the planet also contribute to the planet's unique ecosystem. Their internal workings are like that of a blast furnace. They produce intense heat and in turn supply oxygen to the almost plantless world. Just don't get in their way if they're out for a Sunday stroll. Located deep within the mountains of the planet are water reserves. There are also small amounts of water in the form of vapor in the atmosphere. This water is harvested via wind traps. The polar regions have a milder climate and are more hospitable to humans compared to the vast desolate wastelands of sand dunes. Thanks to those regions, Arrakis's overall geography makes it a relatively habitable planet, in theory. To find out if the geography and environment of Arrakis was physically possible or merely a set of fictional ideas, the scientists had to turn to a climate model. Fortunately, such technology already exists. It's used to predict weather and other climate factors. The scientists told the climate model everything they knew about Arrakis, including the planet's orbit and what the atmosphere consisted of. It's similar to Earth, though with slightly less carbon dioxide. The biggest difference in atmosphere is that Arrakis has a much larger ozone concentration, 0.5% of its atmosphere, compared to just 600 thousandths of our own. With all of this complex data, they needed a giant supercomputer to process it. Even then, it took an incredible three weeks to get the results, but it was worth the wait. What they discovered was that in the warmest months of Arrakis, the temperature reached around 113 degrees Fahrenheit in the tropics. In the coldest months, the weather didn't go below 59 degrees Fahrenheit, not too dissimilar to Earth. In spite of that, the most extreme temperatures would actually be in the mid-latitudes and also in the polar regions, while the summers would be as hot as 158 degrees Fahrenheit, which is aligned with the book, the winters would be just as extreme, going from negative 40 degrees Fahrenheit in the mid-latitudes to as low as negative 103 degrees Fahrenheit at the poles. That's even colder than Alaska. How is this possible? The model showed that the polar regions of Arrakis have a much higher atmospheric moisture and high cloud cover, which would increase the temperature as water vapor is considered a greenhouse gas. The book also mentions that there are polar ice caps, certainly in the northern hemisphere. In spite of that, the model revealed that the summer temperatures would melt any polar ice. Further to that, there would be no snowfall to replace the ice caps in winter. So much for a snowy winter's vacation. Another disparity is that no rain falls on Arrakis. Again, the model says otherwise. It proved that there would be rain, although only in small amounts. The rain would occur in summer and fall. It would primarily be confined to mountains and plateaus. There would be cloud cover in the polar latitudes and tropics as well. The scientists then posed the question that everybody really wanted to know. Can humans legitimately survive on Arrakis? Realistically, the tropics would be the most hospitable place for people to live. Even so, most people in the dune world live in the mid-latitudes, where the hottest temperatures occur. Not very smart. The average monthly temperatures would be 120 to 140 degrees Fahrenheit. This would be lethal for humans, even with still suits. While the body would be kept cooler in line with the outfit's design, the skin is still exposed to the sun and heat. Not only would you look like a lobster, you'd probably fry. Youch! Life outside of the tropics in winter would also be impossible without technology. 
The cities would suffer extreme conditions in both winter and summer, akin to intense locations on Earth like Siberia, which has brutal winters. Not the best locations in which to build your cities. No one could find fault with Frank Herbert, though, who passed away in 1986. His first Dune novel was published in 1965, though he'd already begun thinking about it in the late 1950s. He had visited the Oregon Dunes and became fascinated by the movement of the sand dunes. He realized that without some type of vegetation or poverty grasses which the Department of Agriculture was trying to introduce, the sand could move incredible distances. And with such force, it could swallow whole highways, lakes, and even cities. All of this was years before a man called Sucuro Manabe published the world's first climate model in 1967. In 2021, Manabe shared the Nobel Prize in Physics, the same year he turned 90, for the modeling of Earth's climate and predicting global warming. What a legend. Taking all of this into account, Frank Herbert wasn't far off the mark when it came to his fascinating world of Arrakis. While not strictly scientifically accurate, Arrakis is a realistic planet and humans could indeed live there. Just make sure you apply a thick layer of sunscreen in the summer. Herbert's novel Dune has sold millions and is considered one of the most influential science fiction novels of all time. His son Brian, already an author, took up the Dune mantle in 1999. He, along with author Kevin J. Anderson, have written many more novels in the Dune universe. The fascinating legacy lives on. Next time you plan on visiting Arrakis, please don't go in the summer. And make sure to bring your still suit. Water's pretty expensive. <laughs>